welcome to Tech Law Talks. I am Anthony Diana, a member of Reed Smith's Tech and Data Group. In each episode of this podcast, we will discuss cutting edge issues on technology, data, and the law. We will provide practical observations on a wide variety of technology and data topics to give you quick and actionable tips to address the issues you are dealing with every day. Good afternoon, and thanks for listening in to our next episode of Tech Law Talks. My name is Chris Morgan. I'm a partner in Reed Smith's San Francisco office, and I am an IP litigator. And I'm here today with my colleague, DJ Cespedes, who is an associate in our IP group as well. DJ, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks, Chris. So, hey, everyone. My name is DJ Cespedes. I am an associate here at Reed Smith out of our Silicon Valley office. And my practices also encompasses IP litigation with a heavy emphasis on trademark law and trademark litigation as well. So today we're here to talk about metaverse and IP. And I wanted to ask you, DJ, what exactly is the metaverse? Sure. So it's, it's been a buzzword lately. So just to oversimplify it, the, the metaverse is essentially a virtual world. And more specifically, it refers to a variety of alternate virtual realities, experiences and environments where people can essentially work, play and socialize. And it also allows users, which have historically been gamers in the past, to be able to generate their own content and distribute it freely throughout a widely accessible digital world. Well, you mentioned video games, and I I suppose that's one prominent example of the metaverse, but how have those evolved over time to really enable users to be able to transact business or create identities and the like? So it's evolved pretty rapidly uh, over the years. So so for example, let's take Second Life. You know, Second Life is, is a large multiplayer role game. But also it operates as an online economy. It allows users to create avatars and create their own virtual worlds where they can develop and promote their own IP and also sell their branded creations for a profit. So it's the metaverse has grown exponentially. It's gone beyond just gaming and to, to really a world where actually like, you know, people can actually create their avatars and, and live and interact in. And now we're now we're even seeing concerts inside video games. For example, Fortnite, we're seeing a lot of major stars present concerts in the middle of the video game, which presents its own kind of way to do business, but also possibly some risks for trademark and copyright owners. Have you been able to assess what the risks are for owners of trademarks in the metaverse? Yeah, so... So, you know, in our normal reality, you know, trademark owners, you know, they can advertise and sell goods and services bearing their own trademarks. And they can also monetize their brands through licensing and enforce against any unauthorized use of their marks. Typically, the issues that have come along with the intersection with reality and augmented reality through the metaverse has created issues such as the use of real world third party trademarks within these video games that actually simulate reality. Users can often use the trademarks of third parties in these virtual worlds. So I I mentioned Second Life before. So, you know, Second Life, again, it operates as an online economy, right, where users, they have their own avatars, they're they're engaging in in trade and different business. But also within this game, users can use the, the trademarks that belong to third parties and they can actually sell and purchase these goods bearing these trademarks. So 
then it becomes the issue with the unauthorized use in, the, in these in these virtual worlds. And what are some examples of some lawsuits about use of trademarks in the metaverse? Have you seen lawsuits about that? So there, there's been actually several several suits regarding that, and there's you know, and the case law is still developing, and that's the thing. The case law is still developing. So currently, trademark owners haven't really fared too well in their efforts to enforce trademarks in these worlds, but. There was one case, uh, ESS, it was a, a case regarding a Grand Theft Auto where the, and this is the early stages, right? Before we got the metaverse really started to really proliferate. But there was a case where they were using the actual club, uh, I believe the strip club and within this video game with that, they believe the Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, they were using actual real club actually within the game, like the, the, the logos and the images and and the owner tried to sue for trademark infringement, and ultimately the court, you know, found that it was an infringement, and that users would not see, you know, see this this club showing up in this this Grand Theft Auto video game, and draw an association and be confused as to the the source or the origin or affiliation. Those issues where you know basically the court says you know users people playing these games won't draw that connection or find that they're related, and so those have been some. Um, that's one example of some of the cases where, you know, early stages of the cases. Other cases have gone on, but they, those cases have settled and they really, they haven't went to decision. So yeah, so it's, it's still evolving. And it, is it the case that people using trademarks in the metaverse are more likely to be found liable for trademark infringement if they're making money or engaging in some commercial use of the trademark? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, again, not, not all use is actionable, but in this case is where they're actually engaging in commercial use and profiting from the use of a of a trademark that belongs to a third party, then it puts them in a situation where they may be more likely to be liable for infringement. And so that's something that users should actually be aware of as well. Many times people, they will use products, you know, bearing the trademarks of others or selling, not really knowing that they're actually engaging in infringing activity. And in these games like Second Life, where they're actually, you know, you're engaging in trade and business, you could end up in, in a lawsuit, you know, someone suing you for profiting off of their the unauthorized use of their brand. So absolutely something that users should be considered of when they're engaging in the metaverse and, and, and on these games. Now, on the flip side, there have got to be some opportunities for trademark owners in the metaverse. Can you give us a few examples of some opportunities that are there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as I you know, as mentioned before, I believe the blend of mixed reality and, aug- and augmented reality creates an incredible opportunity for brand owners to essentially extend their reach to a rapidly growing new industry and consumer base. So from my perspective, the metaverse isn't going anywhere. It's going to continue to proliferate. So in cases like Second Life or any game where you can actually engage in business in this online economy, brand owners have a very unique opportunity to reach a whole new audience by creating their own virtual world, developing and promoting their own IP within these worlds and then and selling it for a profit. So it's absolutely an opportunity for brand owners to really monetize their brands, but also it's an opportunity for brand owners to be able to better monitor and enforce against the unauthorized use of their brands. And how do brand owners go about doing that? I mean, I was actually talking to my 13-year-old who is an avid gamer and telling him there's probably an opportunity for him if he wanted to help trademark owners monitor their trademarks and video games. 
how do how do brand owners even monitor things in the in the metaverse to make sure that people are not infringing their trademarks? Sure. So you know, and again, it's, it's a little different now because now we're not talking about our the real world and reality, right? So it becomes it becomes more difficult as we have seen. But one thing, as I just mentioned, is establish a metaverse presence. I mean, you you can't stop what you don't know is happening, and as I mentioned, the metaverse will continue to proliferate. So, you know, brand owners may as well get familiar with it and even try and benefit from it. If you have a metaverse presence, not only can you actually benefit from it, but it puts you in a unique position to be able to monitor and enforce any unauthorized use of these brands out the gate or when they're starting, especially since, you know, at this stage in the in litigation, it's still, it's still developing. So you really want to stop it at the gate. And the best way to do that is to be establish your own presence in the metaverse. I would say that that's one thing that brand owners can do. Another thing is register your trademark. It is, at least in the U.S., you can enforce rights based on your common law use. It's much easier to enforce when you have a federally registered trademark because it also creates a rebuttable presumption that you have exclusive rights in that mark. So register your trademark. That way any party can't say, oh, I didn't know. You know, I didn't know this was your brand. So that's another thing. Register your mark. Um, consider subscribing to a trademark watch service. A lot of these watch services, they allow mark owners because you can't you can't keep track of everything that's going on or any unauthorized use. So take advantage of these services that are there specifically to monitor the relevant markets and, and even Internet content for possible infringing activity so that you can be notified when that happens. So you can take swift action. I would also say to the extent possible Notify the platform of infringing activities as soon as you find out, because many of these entities, they don't want to be liable for any contributory infringement. And and usually a lot of these entities will have some sort of mechanism in place to remove the infringing content once they are made aware of it. So also, that's another thing I would recommend when you find out, notify the platform, see if anything can be done on that end to stop the unauthorized use. Well, those are very valuable tips, and I'm really excited to see how the metaverse grows and how brand owners might take advantage of opportunities there. Thanks so much, DJ, for sharing your wisdom on this topic today. And for everyone listening, stay tuned and tune in for our next episode of Tech Law Talks. And thank you for having me, Chris. It's, it's been great. Tech Law Talks is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Ali McArdle. For more information about Reed Smith's tech and data practice, please email techlawtalks at reedsmith.com. You can find our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and reedsmith.com, and our social media accounts at reedsmithllp on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. Any views, opinions, or comments made by any external guest speaker are not to be attributed to Reed Smith LLP or its individual lawyers. All rights reserved.